couple of my close friends here. Uh, say hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Um, so, you know, we, we thought, uh, uh, I guess if you're listening here today, uh, happy Thanksgiving, right? It's, uh, it's Friday, uh, November 27th. Uh, we thought we would, uh, you know, kind of kick things off talking a little bit about uh, about Thanksgiving dinner, you know, talking about you know, what our plans uh, are slash were, you know, we're recording this in the past. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, I guess, kick it off uh, over to Josh. Hey, uh, you know, what, what, do you, what do you got planned for, for this, this, this Thanksgiving? I know, say, uh, these are maybe different this year. What do you got? What do you got going on? Um. I am making a whole dinner, or my girlfriend and I are making a whole dinner for just the two of us. So we were supposed to go over to see her family in Pennsylvania, but her her uh, her uncle works in the hospital, and it just he was just like, "Look, guys, I just can't. Literally, am incapable of quarantining myself for the appropriate amount of time. So let's just do a Zoom thing." So we decided to keep the the spirit of it up, and we're. Uh, for just the two of us, we're making a full Thanksgiving feast, but it felt like it was appropriate for the holiday to, you know, maintain the, 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 the feeling of it. So I'm, the two of us are making turkey and uh, cranberry sauce, mac and cheese, biscuits, gravy, um, potatoes, sweet potatoes, regular potatoes, um, green beans, carrots, parsnips. Jesus. A whole bunch of shit. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a even, huge menu. Even Two though people. you're even though you're unable to have the the volume of people, you're maintaining the volume of food. That that's a, that's dinner for two people. We're saying, right? Oh yeah, and no, we're we're making dinner for like eight, but we're serving it to two. Leftovers, leftover city, leftover city. Yeah, the best city. I'm I'm very excited. So I heard you say cranberry sauce. Yeah. Are how like or what uh it's a divisive subject yeah yeah so so first i gotta ask uh, uh jellied cranberry sauce or or the actual cranberry sauce like you know what i'm saying you, you understand what i'm asking i yeah i i do i decided to split the difference and i went like cranberry sauce with with actual cranberries but still out of the can okay okay because so so my mom is firmly in the camp of the like the jellied cranberry sauce from the can is far and away better than any cranberry sauce she's ever had That's which interesting. growing up i thought that that was the popular opinion i have since learned that my mom is crazy um and is i think the only person to believe that um but I've also found out that cranberry sauce just isn't as popular as I was led to believe it was. And that's where, and that was my big first takeaway was of all of the Thanksgiving Day sides, Josh, that you mentioned, cranberry sauce was the first one that came to mind. So my next, I guess, my follow up question to you, and my question to Matt too, it's a question as old as time: the best Thanksgiving Day side. Um. Does stuffing count as a side, or are we calling yeah, that like a right. main? Yes, that's well, a then side. I think I've got to go stuffing. Okay. I tend to also be a pretty big stuffing guy. I know oh, it's... Cranberry sauce, okay. No, not... I mean, I, I really enjoy cranberry sauce. Um, I think the only reason it's being served, though, is because it's a tradition. Um, well, it, like, if it wasn't 
I don't get cranberry sauce any other time of year. Yeah. I, I'm not sure anyone really eats cranberry sauce any other time of year. Like, but so I, I guess if it were, I guess it is up to you. But like, so you're having cranberry sauce there because it's Thanksgiving, not because, oh, I love cranberry sauce. Yeah, I mean, it's because it's Thanksgiving and I like it. If it was Thanksgiving and I didn't like it, it wouldn't be there, you know? Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, so when you enjoy your cranberry sauce, is it on the turkey? Is it next to the turkey? Oh, no, it's a solo venture. I, I'm, I'm not besmirching my turkey with that. Really? Now, yeah. are, you that way, are you that way with your entire Thanksgiving Day plate? No, just cranberry sauce, because I think that cranberries are too much of a palate cleanser and will overpower whatever else you're eating with them, whereas everything else can be, relatively speaking, more complimentary, and cranberry sauce is just too much. I agree. I, I see where you're coming from, because cranberry sauce is so sweet, it's, and you have a plate of such savory taste, the mashed potatoes, the gravy, the stuffing all so herbaceous and delicious and then you have this really sweet of interesting textured foods where does it fit in there and for you it's 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 on one portion of your plate away from everything else yeah sometimes i'll like use the biscuit to get it up because they both have a little bit more of uh biscuits aren't sweet but Ooh, i think like that's... like like the buttery nature of a biscuit lends itself a little bit more to take some on sweetness on yeah basically so that's how i usually end up doing it a little bit I don't know why I've never thought of that. That that sounds actually like uh, I can get on board with that. I would cut the biscuit in half and spread Slap it on some cranberry like, sauce yeah, on there. Yeah, that sounds some pretty good. That sounds pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I'm telling you guys, it's, it's it's the move. Now I used to think that it was nuts. People putting because I that's a thing. People put cranberry sauce like on their turkey or like on yeah, their that sauce. I don't get. People do do it. Just, I don't get it. Which is bananas. Uh, like in my mind, but I have you ever had. The uh the gobbler sandwich. I just, I just have from one for Wawa. Lunch. I had one for lunch. You did. I literally just had one for lunch. Okay, there. because it's lit. It's it's turkey, uh, stuffing, stuffing and like cranberry sauce and mashed potatoes, and mashed potatoes and all, gravy. all on a on a sandwich, which sounds a little ridiculous, but it's so good. And you got to remember the way flavors interact with one another is very important. That's the reason why that sandwich tastes so good. Cranberry sauce is so sweet cuts right through like as i was saying earlier that saltiness from the turkey and the so i used to when i salty work together like well. so the sandwich has been around for a while josh have you ever had it no the sandwich has been around for a while remember like uh, when i first like the first time i ordered i like went into like the it uh, i took out the cranberry sauce because i'm like why the fuck would you want cranberry sauce on this it's thanksgiving like, but this is dumb um I ordered it once and forgot to do that and got it with the cranberry sauce and like didn't realize it until I took I took a bite of it and went, what is going on here? This is this is amazing. I still can't get on board with cranberry sauce. It, it won't be on my Thanksgiving Day dinner plate. I don't think it's going to be on mine either. It's one for three. <laughs> well, I mean, is there Maybe. anything that you eat strictly out of tradition? I don't. I don't I'll, let me rephrase because that could be Great question. Per perceived of two different ways. Is there anything yeah. you eat strictly because of tradition? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to go no in my camp. Like something that like I'm not a big fan of, but I still eat it because of no, not 
Every single food tradition I just enjoy. I love corned beef. I love ham on Easter. I love turkey on Thanksgiving. Yeah. It I what other is there another ritual I'm missing out on? Is my life not full of enough rituals? No. Oh, because I was gonna say when I was when I was a kid, you know, um, for 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 the Passover seder, you know, no no eight year old wants to eat raw parsley. Um, of course not. But it's a it's a it's a thing that it's a thing you do. It's a part of the meal, and no eight year old wants to eat horseradish, and you do that too. Um, so Josh, when you eat the parsley, it's like I have a a bunch of parsley, and it's just a bite out of the leaves. You dip it in salt water first, but yeah. Okay. How much of the stem do you get with your bite? Oh, uh, well, me personally, at this point in time, I eat the whole goddamn thing. Really? <laughs> yeah. Stem and all. Stem and all. I fucking love it. So interesting. Okay. And in salt water. Now, yeah. Josh, do you eat parsley outside of the context of Passover? Oh, sure, sure. It go- that shit goes on everything now. Yeah, I get it goes on things, but I'm saying like you get a bunch. I'm of hungry. I need a snack. Oh, we've got some parsley here. Oh no! Throw some, get a get a bowl of salt water, dip some parsley in the salt water. Got myself a nice little snack here. No, 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 no! I would never do that. Okay, okay, <laughs> no. It's it, it's a great herb. I agree with you. It's just that's so and no, an eight year old Mitchell would not want to. Do yeah, well, that. I'm just trying to think of like because I mean, and I'm also sure. don't forget how fucking hard it is to eat horseradish. That shit will clean out your goddamn sinuses. Yeah, like, yeah. That one was the way bigger hurdle for me to get over. And again, it's straight horseradish. Uh, it depends on how you 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 want it. Um, you're supposed to make a little horoset sandwich, which is a piece of matzah, and then you got a bit of horseradish, and then you can put. Um, some um, actual harosa on it, which is like uh, apples and cinnamon kind of deal, and then more. That sounds um, that sounds horrible. No, I disagree. It's I think fucking it bizarre. It's not it bad. Delicious. It's actually uh, it's one of those things, and that's why I I asked the question in regards to cranberry sauce because huh. I'm not sure I'd have ever eaten horseradish if I wasn't required to at the Passover seder. Um. Yeah. I Parsley, like you're gonna have as a garnish on top of things. That's that's sure. there, yeah. but horseradish never. But now I actually <laughs> like horseradish. Like I will eat that in in many other contexts because I have a familiar horseradish. Huh? I, so, Are we three for three in horseradish here? So I do like horseradish, but like okay. I, do we all eat it? I eat it when it's around. I never go out of my way to get it. Yeah, I mean I, seafood. I like it. I, that's the only thing I could really think of. Yeah. Um, actually, you know what? What's those pickles that Ben got? Oh my god! That yeah, ben that just has got, horse. That has horse. Josh, you have got to try these pickles, man. I know you are a fan of pickles. I'm a big pickle uh, guy. I know you're a big pickle guy, and I said that totally unironically. Um, but not an ad. So uh, I wish I could remember the, the brand. Do you have a picture of them? So Ben got these pickles from like this, uh, like this Christmas market thing. Um, they're they were like pickled with like horseradish. There's just they're so good. They're so good. They're fresh. They're crunchy, and they've got like all this spice from the horseradish. They're they're 
good. Green kamikazes. Green kamikazes. It's spelled K A M I K O Z E E S. It's it's out of the Lehigh Valley, and it was these pickles were so fresh and so briny, and you didn't get the horseradish till a couple seconds after you ate them, and it just really smoothed out the back end with that little kick. It was really it was because like the first the front of it right the first bite is like just that like really fresh like great crunch a pickle but then like and then like the back half of that is just all the horseradish it's a it was a really 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 great pickle not an ad this is a ringing endorsement i'll have to check it out it was honestly one of the better pickles i've ever eaten yeah i I was gonna say best but but you know let's not go that far it was one of the better pickles i've ever had i've never had all of kamikaze's pickles and if they made a horseradish pickle to taste this good i'm curious to what their other that's what i'm saying i've i'm the best one that i've ever had yes so so yeah it was definitely worth 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 checking out you guys buy the mount olives pickles no i'm uh i'm a this is a strict batopta house okay i Makes sense. Tom, yeah, really good pickles, though. So fucking good. I, I is Mount Olive is that? It's got a green label. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I drove through Mount Olive, North Carolina, this past summer when I was going down on vacation. Is that the family. pickle capital of the world? It is literally the pickle capital. I it might be of America. Look it up right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the pickle capital of country, maybe the world. Mount Olive. Carolina? Yeah, North Carolina. The first, one of the first things, the town is home to the Mount Olive Pickle Company. So, yeah, I mean, it's the, the company is named after the town. Established in 1926. Um, company. North Carolina Pickle Festival is held every year in April. That's something I would go to. Um, every year on New Year's Eve, Mount Olive Pickle Company celebrates in unusual fashion by dropping a three-foot pickle down a flagpole into a pickle tank. I think I want to witness that. Um, however, instead of midnight local time, the drop takes place at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Why would they do it then? So that everyone could be home to watch the ball drop. Oh, I guess, but you, oh come on! What's more exciting? I, well, I guess that that's, ball dropping or a pickle? Yeah, yeah but they got to compete with. They didn't want to go. They didn't want to compete with with Dick Clark's Rock and Eve. They were like, no one's gonna come and see this. Really? That, yeah, I, maybe I don't know. You know, well, now I, it's the ghost of Dick Clark's Rock and Eve, but you know who hosts Dick Clark's Jangling Bones? Um, who hosts the broadcast now? Uh. Uh, uh, the Rock. Uh, I don't know. Not the rock. Ryan Seacrest. Is it Ryan? Yeah, it is Ryan Seacrest. I I remember. What uh, wasn't Donnie Wahlberg one of the guys on on there Maybe. one year or something? I'm in no state of mind. Remember anything that's thing at that point in time? This is why we have the internet. I don't know what that means, Mitch. But okay, it um, means that I've consumed too much alcohol that point in the year every year to really remember what i'm watching on television what was who was on the tv yes, yes. yeah uh you just said ryan seacrest was in other things i, I do like i think i'm sure a, i've name. seen him on tv and it was cold outside he was in times square and there was a lot of people there the context was for that i'm not sure new year's eve seems to be like the why does anybody want to do that 
so it's actually the crazy. Yeah. So if you go outside it. of like, uh, like our little area of like the greater New York City metropolitan area, um, it's like a thing. People are like, yeah, I would totally go do that. Like that sounds like a a, a ton of fun. No I I know people who have done it. I have coworkers who have gone and like, yeah, we did that. It was it was great. It was a it was awesome. And I'm like the fuck are you talking about that sounds fucking terrible like did you have to get there at like nine o'clock in the morning they're like oh yeah we were there for like 14 hours like just standing around in the cold we couldn't pee it was great like i, I don't know i don't know but so none of those people are are from new york they're all from other places but i have no idea what's wrong with them that makes them want to go do that <laughs> i i have no idea Times Square is the area of New York I avoid the most. Like, like, exactly, like, exactly, like, it's and it's trash. Yeah, like I know most people like that he grew up with, right? In kind of our like you know central northern New Jersey area, whatever, right? Also, are like, yeah, no, I, fuck. Why would you want to go to Times Square for New Year's Eve? That sounds fucking terrible. Like, so I'm not sure. I don't know where the actual boundary is. I think where New it York starts becoming cool, but. I think New York City being more than a six-hour drive, maybe, starts. Like, do you think people down in D.C. would want to, I don't know. They live in a big metropolitan, too, so I think they understand what it's like to live around people. Yeah, like, that would suck, like, to have to drive. Like, that would be terrible, right? How much, like, I think the only way I'm ever in Times Square for New Year's Eve is if, like, somehow... I, 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 you know, strike it rich and I'm watching the ball drop from one of those like hotel rooms yes. from, right. That costs $50,000 a night or whatever on New Year's Eve. Um, that's the only way I'm going to be in New, on, in Times Square on New Year's Eve. Yeah. I would never, yeah. I would even probably want to spend my $50,000 a different way. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'd have to have so much money that I would be okay with spending $50,000 on an activity that I don't really want to go to. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like that's the, that's, that's how far <laughs> removed me doing that activity is from reality. I can't even imagine that reality at all. Right. Like, oh, I, like in that reality, we might not even still be celebrating new year's it might be a different holiday altogether. Times square might not even be there. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think we're three for three on on uh, New Year's Eve in Times Square would be horrible. Yeah, for sure. Not even, not even oh, a question. Getting back, getting back to our point, though, uh, Mitch, what do you have planned for Thanksgiving? Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving, I'm just fortunate enough to be able to spend it with some close family, spend it with my mother, and my father, uh, going to visit my girlfriend's aunt for a couple hours, and then visit her, and just. A little bit different, mm -hmm. not too much cooking on my part, mm -hmm. a lot of eating, a lot of watching football. Um, just really thankful there won't be any cranberry sauce on my plate. I think I already established <laughs> that. Um, I you know, I don't think mashed potatoes and gravy got enough rep in our sides conversation, so I asked that question. I think mashed potatoes and gravy is probably my favorite side. With gravy being a greater factor in why. Like, you can't just have the gravy by itself. It needs a vessel. Is, but is stuffing a better vessel 
mashed potatoes for gravy. Better is, is, is tricky. I would argue that gravy is more necessary with mashed potatoes than with stuffing. Like, I think I could eat stuffing without gravy on it and be like, that was stuffing the potatoes. Okay, okay. Interesting. So let's say you got a plate. Right? Yes. It's we I have I will always evenly dish. No, 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 no. I'm I have the scoop of gravy and I'm standing it's a it's a it's a cafeteria line and I'm asking you Want it on the potatoes? Mashed potatoes and pour the gravy into that little mound. Mm -hmm. So have my little vessel of gravy mm -hmm. that I got thing. Dump it in. Into that. Sure. Stuff it. Okay. Let's roll with it. So, uh, the two. <laughs> I can't even remember what my point was. Okay, so when you're, <laughs> all right, so we're gonna so, cut. The, so you have mashed potatoes, gravy. When you add gravy, yeah. To mashed potatoes, my thinking, my thinking is. If I have to choose between making one better, right? Because we're all in agreement that gravy makes them better. I'm making the potatoes better to bring them up to the level of stuffing. Josh. Oh, let me, let me, let me try to yeah. get at it yeah, okay. this way. Okay. Um, what percent? Better just gravy. No, that's better. incorrect. Um, fucking, fucking Do you not like cheese and gravy on your French fries? Put gravy. Fries. On it. I'm sure it's that, delicious. That's, that's disco fries. Yeah, that disco fries is French fries, cheese, and then gravy on top. I'm confused. Where is their macaroni in that? Because you just take out the potatoes and you add in the starch. Right, the those, are, those are similar, I guess. I get, all right. Okay. I. I all right. Anyway, I apologize. Um, I had to call you out there. 
that's also a good idea. If somebody wants to take that, put gravy on top of mac and cheese. Tell me how it tastes. So, like, yeah. what okay. what what percent better does gravy make mashed potatoes? Uh, I think so. Here's the thing. I think the better the potatoes are, the smaller that number gets. Right? Like, if you've got, well, that's a, that's not, but that's not what I asked you. I, I know, but I'm 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 weaseling my way out of answering the question. So let me let me try to do this. Um, if you've got like really bad mashed potatoes, I right? agree. I agree with Matt here. Go on. If you got really bad, let's assume the gravy is just like average gravy. It's not good gravy. It's not bad gravy. It's just like fiftieth percentile gravy, right? Like it's just right there in the middle. Adding that gravy to like pretty bad mashed potatoes. I think is gonna like double the goodness, right? Increase it one hundred percent, right? Now, if you got like really good mashed potatoes, right, and you add this average gravy onto it, like I don't think it's gonna do a whole lot. Maybe a ten or a fifteen percent increase, you know, but it's not gonna make or break the dish. All right, um, same question, poise. Um, Gravy on top of stuffing. What percent better is it? I think the same principles apply, man. So, um, but that's what I'm getting down to. So, if let, let's put it into a world where, let, let's say it doubles your satisfaction. Okay, and let's okay. assign numbers to this to make it a little bit easier to to talk about. Let's say you enjoy on a scale from one to ten stuffing on its own at an eight, and mashed potatoes on its own at a three. So, if you put your gravy oh, on your mashed potatoes. Huh? I don't know about well, it. The, Matt, these are arbitrary numbers. Don't get bogged down in the details. <laughs> okay. The math um, goes up four points. If, 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 you, if you put it on the mashed potatoes, it, and, and we're saying it doubles, that means it's going to go up to six. That means you're getting a total satisfaction of 14, eight plus six. If it doubles your satisfaction and you put it on the uh, stuffing, doubles it to 16, now all of a sudden you're looking at a total satisfaction of 19 points. That is better. It depends on how you how much better you think you're gravy actually makes the dish you're serving and whether you value having one really good side dish and one mediocre one or two somewhat good to very good side dishes but no great side dish and that's that's basically just the law of comparative advantage i'll I'll, my only rebuttal to that that i have the formula for you in that particular instance you gave mashed potatoes a three out of ten you gave stuffing an 8 out of 10. Matt's point, I think that 3 is a little low. That could come up, but we'll keep it for the sake of this conversation. Well, it doesn't matter. If if, if it's a lower number, then doubling it will always be smaller than doubling the other I, number. I don't think it's doubling, though. I think it's doubling in that instance. You add 4 to the mashed potatoes with gravy. You add 2 to the stuffing with gravy. Well, that's why I asked Matt how much his additional enjoyment was, you know. And, and I think yeah. in that instance, I think that's the that's the I right. Think, that's I think I right have a bigger ratio, problem though. though with with how we're measuring. Is this a number satisfaction? You know, because I mean? like I don't think it's like like it's not ob- like obviously I understand your example because I understand how numbers work, and yeah, numbers work that way, but. I don't think stuffing and mashed potatoes are numbers, man. I think stuffing and mashed potatoes are more complicated than that. I have well, a, I have a, the I have problem a is, is they're they're not. Yeah, what's up, Nick? <laughs> I have a question for you. Yeah, and I'm, I wanted to shift gears just a shade. I'm good with the with the compare. Like I like this. 
I just have another question. Gravy. How thick do you like your gravy? Are you a thin gravy man? Do you want it? Do you want it a little bit? Coat the back of the spoon, and it's a little bit thicker. Thoughts? I'm a thick gravy guy. Yeah, it, the thicker the better. I was, I maybe not the thicker the better because there's definitely at a tipping point where like solid gravy is not good. But I like thick gravy. Okay, now that's only the case for Thanksgiving, right? If I give you a French dip and then I give you a cup of thick gravy, you're not going to enjoy that sandwich as much, correct? True. Yes. Th- that's also not turkey gravy. Right. Okay. So, so that's like turkey and beef gravy, I think. Yeah. Question. Like I think turkey gravy's got to be. I think just with the because of the context of Thanksgiving, maybe, but that's why my brain thinks that way. Because I I find myself in the same camp, and I was just trying to find like opinion that would divide us so we can get some good debate. Because I almost said, I, what other context is there for gravy? But I'm glad you brought up the French dip because that would be weird. Yeah, a French dip sandwich with gravy would be strange, very yes, strange. It'd be very very strange. Uh, I think less strange though, or sorry. But, uh, you rather have thick gravy on a French dip sandwich or thin gravy at Thanksgiving? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know what? I think I would put up with the thick gravy on the French dip because thin gravy in mashed potatoes is the worst. It doesn't really work. Because it, it just it doesn't hold up. It just seeps right into the potato, and it's like you lose it for the entire experience. Yeah, the thin gravy will work on turkey. It'll it'll sort of work on stuffing, but it, it, I think it, you think you're right. It works the least on mashed potatoes. And back to now, back to our initial conversation with the difference that gravy makes in our enjoyment of mashed potatoes mm-hmm. versus stuffing. The gravy in mashed potatoes, which is the bottom line for this conversation, is imperative. Yeah, you, which is why I was careful in how I phrased my. Initial thing I said we're gonna go with middle of the road gravy because you're right. If you have like bomb ass gravy, like that's a that's a different story than if you just got like whatever gravy. Good gravy can be the difference between the bad things. Truly believe that undersalted gravy that just tastes kind of bland, and that lacks some of that good umami from things from the turkey that's all i'm not sure i've ever had a memorably bad gravy i think i've been blessed in that all of my thanksgivings have had at least if not good gravy at least it was unmemorably bad like i don't i'm not sitting here still ruminating on how bad the gravy was in 04 or something like that like i mean bad gravy is kind of hard to do it's it's just fat you know it, it's hard to fuck that. It's like making a bad mac and cheese. Can you do it? Yeah, but you almost have to try at it to make some yeah. combination of cheese and pasta not taste good. That doesn't work, yeah. Huh. Okay, let me change it. So all, the difference between good and great gravy yeah, I guess. can make the difference in a thing. I see your point. It's pretty hard to screw up all those things. Yeah. So while we're on the topic of mashed potatoes here, though. You want to get a little bit of air in there so they fluff up on your plate. I think good mashed potatoes is all, you know, comparison between stuffing and mashed potatoes. It's easier to make stuffing than mashed potatoes. 
you could it's like a top topic but this her trying a topic of like making fun of my grandmother she never made any adjustments no I don't think so. No. Did she like not make adjustments? She liked the stories. I'm not sure. I'm also not sure if if she was like the fact that like all the cousins hated her stuffing or what. But like, because like, as somebody that I'd prefer you just just tell me. I think my grandmother making you could either eat this or you could not eat. Oh. I think that's just where you conversation. Is that the only point where we differ? That's the only, only thing I could see. That's in appearance and in uh, personality. Six foot five. Yep. Yeah. Red beard. Red beard. Yep. 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 You know, skinny as a rail. Yep. Yep. Just sounds like my grandma. Father. Yep. How about for yourself, man? What do you got going on for Thanksgiving? Hey, I am. Uh, uh, I'm. I'm spending it with. Um, I'm sure, my mom was cooking. Uh, um, like sometimes we'll. Sometimes we'll just cook the four of us whatever um whenever i tell people that some people are like you don't do anything like you don't have any traditions for thanksgiving that's weird that's but like yeah I, I that was my first that was my knee-jerk reaction when was you it said like that. that's strange you don't have anything traditions but like in a way not having a tradition has kind of become our tradition because we just kind of do whatever we want like Interesting. like oh i talked about it a little bit i like you know before we started recording this that like one of my biggest i love leftovers on thanksgiving like that's like my big fuck you Greg, asshole we uh are we still good yeah yeah i accidentally disconnected myself we're, we're, we're still here <laughs> well, that was you oh so my yeah. oh, oh cool so i i like okay great so that'll all be yeah recorded. we're still recording you're good great cool good good cool um my whole thing is like I've always loved uh, leftovers for Thanksgiving. Like that's like why I like, like having Thanksgiving at like like cooking Thanksgiving, having the turkey and all that shit. But like, don't really like uh, hullabaloo of like making a, a a big deal. I don't know. So like the fact that like we can like have. Thanksgiving, like just like the four of us out of my family cook a bunch of food and then have a ton of leftovers and like I don't have to go anywhere and like I don't have to like get all dressed up. I don't okay. have to like talk to relatives that like I don't see all the time. Like I love that. See, that's interesting from my perspective. You have I have traditions, traditions yes. like where you guys get together with family. Yeah, right? so that's why like this year is very different for our family. Yeah. That's the first time our family hasn't been together on Thanksgiving for my entire life. Yeah. So that's a it's 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 an adjustment. Yeah, it's so honest for me. It's, it's honestly easier for, for me. Honestly, the, the it it's just weird because like we don't have the option of going out to eat, which like I think which I think that is what makes 
people out more is like who goes out to eat on Thanksgiving? You wait, hold on. You guys would go out to eat on Thanksgiving? We went out last year, yeah. That's unbelievable to yeah. me. It's literally unbelievable. Right? Like and, and so honestly, the only thing that I don't like about it is I don't get leftovers. That's the that's that's my biggest like because I make a big stink about it in my family. Like every like we went since we went out last year, like we wouldn't be going out this year. You're not cool with going out. Oh, I do like going out, but the problem with going out is that you don't get leftovers. So, like, it's a toss-up. You know what I mean? My mom likes going out because it means she doesn't have to cook. Right, okay. So, like... I understand that. My dad likes going out because he just likes going out to eat. See, like, that's so strange for me. Family. Mom's got five siblings. Most of them are in town. Grandma's in town. Cousins are all there. I have to talk to all the relatives. Yeah, that's see that, that, that see like, that, that sounds that so that sounds so strange to me. It sounds so like I that doesn't sound like Thanksgiving to me. Oh I mean, I mean it does, yeah, but like that like, doesn't sound like my Thanksgiving. Yeah. So like, what kind of impact has that had on us? I think for me, it's I, you're not the first person that I met that doesn't not necessarily have a tradition, but we don't really make much, a big deal out of Thanksgiving. But it's not a big deal. Yeah way that i was brought up and from my perspective thanksgiving was one of those days where it's just solely about and that's it there's no other you know being being there's no other event being celebrated there's no other ideal being celebrated it's simply just the value of being with one another that was always christmas for my family and so for and christmas and i maybe that's because side of my family that gets together is the, the part of my jewish heritage you know, the, celebrating christmas wasn't always as big of a deal you know? and you have, you have who, who in your family is jewish my mother your his mom, mom. yeah oh my god yeah I, how do you I, not know this dude i got so much jewish blood running through me it's crazy so my great great grandfather immigrated from romania in the late 1800s if you look it up, there's crazy stuff happened in Eastern Europe to the Jews in like the late 1800s, and that's the reason why my why great great yeah my great great grandfather sold bananas in Philadelphia, turn of the century. Crazy. I had to have had this conversation before, and I just don't remember it. But I this none of this is familiar. Is this to me. new to you, Josh? No, not at all. I've talked to Robin many times about Jew shit. <laughs> mom loves talking about that because that was her that was the way she was brought up yeah i guess and josh correct me if i'm wrong i'm not as well versed as you are you are your mother's religion yeah that as as the tradition goes um yeah some people do some people don't the way that was always explained to me was that like you could there's there's never any dispute or doubt over who your mother is or until the advent of DNA testing, there could always be some shred of doubt cast upon who your father was. Oh, uh, yeah. But, like, there's no way to, like... It's honestly, the woman you came out of, that's yeah. your mom. Like, yeah, yeah, there's no yeah, way yeah, to... Yeah, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, well, I didn't, I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, like, there's no way around that. Like, so... Um, I guess there's just never really a... Con like, when I, I 
never would have like brought it up to your mom. And like, I don't think she would have brought it up to me. I, I don't know. So yeah, but, but like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the reason why my family didn't look at Christmas, Christmas that, as that the, way yeah, yeah. as like, as a family. we got, to, we get together every Christmas Eve. Sure. And it, it's a thing, but Thanksgiving was that day where it was, we're all together. We're enjoying a meal. Mm hmm over the table and we're able just talking with one another the the relationship between family is something that's something that's different than any other relationship that you have hmm. it's not like dude friends come and go people yeah. come and go but you always have your family there so having that day or two out of the year where you're able to revisit those connections that's what we treated thanksgiving for so that's why it's just a little bit different this year for us and i find it very strange that we wouldn't have no, I mean that makes that makes total sense. I mean, I mean, Josh, what like what would you normally be doing on on Thanksgiving, like a regular um, if it weren't for the pandemic? Um, uh, it would be well, like I said, this year we'd be going to um my girlfriend's family's place, but on a typical year at my parents' place, uh, we would always host Thanksgiving at my parents' place. Mom would cook. 80 90 percent of all the food with my aunt her sister bringing a couple of things and my grandmother her mother bringing a couple of things and then it'd be uh my the six members of my immediate family uh my grandparents the two of them um and my mother's sister and her husband and two kids and we would uh eat like you know dips and snacks and whatnot watch football um have a fire going do a cigar uh and then dinner dessert football and just kind of chatting that sounds more like yeah. mitchell's idea yeah of Thanksgiving. minus the cigar that's my family's outing and the addition of the cigar does not make it any worse yeah yeah, it's a very it's a very low low volume Thanksgiving usually. There's the three F's mandatory Thanksgiving. Family, food, ball. Yeah, I mean, but you also didn't come from a football family. Now that I'm thinking about it either. I mean, yeah, I really your dad's an Eagles fan, but he wasn't like no, not a big football guy. No, no. and he like, likes soccer more. No, no. Not really sure where you got that from? Because you know why? It's because he was the soccer coach back in the day. Well, he was the soccer coach because I played soccer, not because he was a soccer fan. <laughs> he didn't. He wasn't sitting around going, you know, what would be fun to coach a a rec league soccer team because yeah, I love soccer. That was not my dad's thinking. <laughs> that was my memory of it. <laughs> Good job, Mister Tory. Yeah, I mean. I also remember my dad as a soccer coach, but not because he's a fan of soccer. <laughs> For some was... reason, I just thought he was just like, a, like oh, I just enjoy soccer. No, nope, just... no, not not him. No. And that's funny because like I know people who are soccer fans and my dad's not a soccer fan. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but now, gosh, your family, big football family, right? Oh, very, very much so. I grew up in a yes. very, very strong Jets household. Yeah, so it, did that play a part of your Thanksgiving Day tradition too? Oh yeah, yeah. All all three games are on every all, whole day throughout the day. Anybody try to turn the game off in the 
the middle of it in your no. get together because so that was like a reoccurring to watch in the ours. parade and well no not to watch the parade no so Aunt Karen the grandmother Aunt Karen hosted oldest sister and grandma's grandma oh guys can we turn off the television because we we should just not be watching football right now meanwhile the entire audience oh just because they, they didn't want it on yeah, while they, you were eating yeah, they just i got you not even while we were eating because i'm good with the television being off while we're eating you should be talking but i'm saying just like like josh was saying you know you have a word jurors beforehand and you're just sitting around snacking and just like of course you have the game on why did you not have the game on and yeah. they try to turn it off the whole audience around the television They'd be booing. They'd be telling, <laughs> get away from the television. It was very dramatic sometimes. Uh, and no, this is so like, so now does that sound like a Christmas get together for you? Like totally. That's that you're describing Christmas. That's why I think that's why it sounds so strange to me. Cause I'm like, well, that's not, it's not what Thanksgiving's for. That's what Christmas. So is that's for. like the thing that's like super like, awesome for me is like, can have an experience that you are connecting to on from something that it's it sounds like pretty strong like i know exactly what you're talking about but yeah. on a completely but we're not talking about the same thing at all yeah you understand you kind yeah of i mean because like for, for christmas for example like every like christmas eve is always with my, the, my dad's side of the family christmas day is always with my mom's side of the family um like that's exactly what you're what you're describing. Like, well, like, so for my dad's side, like, we'll rotate whose house we go to because, like, we all kind of live in the same area ish. Um, but like, my mom's side of the family, we always go to my aunt Lynn's house down the shore. Um, it's like everybody on my mom's side of the family, and like, it's exactly the town on the town on the shore. Does she live in? Um, so they actually just moved. They were they used to live in uh Tom's River. Now okay. she lives. Remember the town. My grandfather used to live in Tom's River. Um, That's crazy. You knew your grandparents lived in Tom's River for some reason. I think it's because my grandparents lived in Tom's River. I don't think you did because my grandparents didn't live in Tom's River. Tom. Your aunt. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. yeah so my... That's why I don't know anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't think you knew that. It's not a, that's not a fact. Um, but yeah, but so like, but like that, it's exactly what you're describing. It's, it's family. It's, it's, you know, yeah. yeah. I think the weird thing is though, that now that I'm thinking about, I don't actually know what any of those, anyone else in my family does for Thanksgiving. Maybe they all get together without us on Thanksgiving. I don't, like, I don't but know. It could be all in-laws. It could be all in-laws. They could be with the other side of the family. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. It's, and that's kind of what my family so, does on Christmas Day. Yeah. So like on Christmas Day, mm -hmm. because it, it wasn't that big of a deal amongst mother and her siblings. Yeah. You know, Christmas Day is, you know, I do is with my man's family. The other side yeah, of the family, yeah. Normally my Aunt Karen has something small because the other side of the family doesn't do too much there. So I, I kind of get like, yeah. I understand also like taking a holiday off. Yeah, kind of thing from here. But for you, family. it's weird to take Thanksgiving. They, off. Yeah, Thanksgiving Day, and that's only because of my perspective. Yeah, it's only because that's just what we've done forever. Now, my question to Josh is: So, Josh, obviously, and when you celebrate other holidays, you also rotate families, like that does, or is it normally just one family every year hosts this? Yeah, no, we, we, we have, we are set in our ways. Uh, my family, 
would always host Thanksgiving. Uh, my grandmother and my grandfather would always host Hanukkah. And then uh, we never went anywhere for Christmas. It was always just just the immediate family kind of doing its thing. Like um, it's a set thing that Thanksgiving is at your house. Like, yeah, that's just like a thing. And then, and then on the, and then Hanukkah is always at grandma's. Always, always. always. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. That's what I, I think. Yeah, I Hanukkah know. way bigger deal in my family than Christmas. Oh well, obviously, <laughs> Understand, yeah, understandably, understandably yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and then what about for Passover view? Because I was going to ask for Easter, but you don't celebrate Easter, so that's not a question for you. So for Passover, grandma's again, you know, pretty much grandma's? all the Jewish holidays we get together for are at my grandmother's place. Now, is that like something that's like always been a thing? Like, so I guess like what my question is is like, twenty years down the line, Josh, are you always at your mother's house, or like, are you still going to be getting together with the cousins you were getting together with at grandma's house? Uh, well, you know, part of the, I'd, I'd say the main, among the main reasons, you know, all the Jewish holidays are always held at my grandmother's is that my grandparents are very get everyone together type of people yeah. and they enjoy entertaining. They enjoy having everyone by, they put in a lot of effort to communicate with everybody and having the bigger gatherings because our Thanksgiving is altogether usually 12 people um which would be a minuscule passover or hanukkah um mm, at my grandmother's house it's a way bigger ordeal um what, with what's the average hanukkah together um 25 30 25, okay 25 30 yeah that makes sense um good amount of people and so th they like doing it in addition to the fact that they are the elder statesmen of the family in a lot of ways. My grandfather has an older brother, but he doesn't live in such a central location. He lives in Connecticut, which is just a, more of a hike for everyone else to get to. So I think that's more of the reason we end up kind of doing it the way we do it. Going down the road, I think it's just going to be ever, whoever wants to take up the mantle of being the great communicator and willing to, to pull the family all together to actually do it. And I just, that I that I can't predict. Oh no, you can't. You can't. Nah. I just hope. I don't know about are you guys close with your cousins? No. No, okay. Matt. Kind of. No, not really. No, I don't really. I don't really have any cousins my age. That's interesting. Okay. So I I do. Um Not really that close with them now. That's interesting. That's you, another thing that's you, interesting. You are? I'd say I'm close to my cousins. I'd say so. It, it, it's not the kind of close where you need to talk every day to be on the same page with no, them. No, sure, yeah. But when you when I get together with them, there's a, I, there's a feeling I have every time where I know that it's a very comforting feeling. I feel like everybody's on the same page and truly cares about one another. A certain type of friendship there, but I don't need to talk to them every day. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like you're just describing family now, then, though. So, like, I mean, like, I have that kind of relationship with a lot of my cousins, but like, I, I it doesn't mean you're close with them, though, because I, I guess that's what I like. I, I don't, close. I wouldn't call that close. Like, well, I guess, I don't know. I,
I don't know how to I don't know how to explain why I wouldn't but like I wouldn't describe myself as being close with my cousins. Right. But I I feel like I have a that kind of relationship with them where like there is like uh I don't know, like we're operating on like the same wavelength kind of like when we're we're together. Well, and like, I, I think what Mitch is describing isn't a communication frequency, it's about a level of attachment, you know, like I think we all are often it's it's easy at large family functions to see that family member you see at that family function every time it comes around and to chat the way that you always chat but that isn't indicative of how close or not close you are that's just a frequency thing i think to mitch's point that feeling of closeness is just about how how you feel towards that person about what degree to you know to what extents your conversations go to and just the emotional involvement that revolves are seeing that person right mitch is that am I, am I capturing it right i think yeah you're definitely you're you're hitting what the kind of feeling that i'm talking about because it's just one thing of going through the motions of oh, hello blah blah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well even even those people i uh, i talk uh, to that i enjoy talking to but i don't necessarily feel close to you know you, even if i'm not enjoy- just going through the motions hold on so you enjoy talking to them but you don't feel close to them yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's kind of, Oh, I enjoy, but I feel close to the people that I enjoy talking with. I think that's something, I don't know if I could separate that. And that's just a me thing. I don't even think that's necessarily the right thing to do all the time. I think if I enjoy talking with somebody, I'm going to feel a close connection with them. Yeah. Well, to me, like if I say like I'm close with somebody, right, that that gives me or if you told me like I'm close with so and so, that would tell me that like they're a person that like you would go to like with a problem or like they could come to you with a problem mm-hmm. or like uh, where. Like. No, I just don't have that kind of relationship with my cousins. Like that's interesting. Yeah, that's a, and and there's nothing wrong with any of that either. Not you know we all navigating this. Our yeah, yeah, yeah. Certain things happen in certain families. Certain people just you know grow up. You said Josh says he doesn't have cousins that are the same age as him. Now that's interesting for me. Because like, well, mm, I hard I, disagree. Really? Yeah. Hard disagree. Uh, okay. Explain. Seventeen-year-old. Your life wise. Well, no, you no. I, like, Matt, I wouldn't even put it. I wouldn't even put it this way. I would say how much at. Eighteen, Mitch. Do you think that is how old? Is she? Yeah. I think she's nine. School, maybe early middle people. school. We had nothing in common. Um, is that ten? You were eight or. Nine. Third or fourth grade, because I outside think- of a family function, an eight-year-old never hang out with an eighteen.
No, it, but you go. Mitch, I think what you're describing is just how fortunate you are to have like cousins who like related to you, like as you were growing. Like, so my my whole thing. So, like on my mom's side of the family, I am the second youngest. My sister being the youngest. Okay. Um, like I have cousins on that side of the family who are 45 now. Um, so like when they when I was born, they were in their 20s. Uh, we have never been close. Like we've just always been at very different points in our lives. I was learning how to walk, and they were living on their own in an apartment. Like we're just okay. different stages of life. I, I think I understand. You know what I mean? I understand what you're saying now, because only because now I'm reflecting on that's one side of the family. My other side of the family is much closer to what you're saying. I have three cousins. They were all significantly older than me. So now on I, on the other side of the family, I am the third oldest. Okay. So like I've seen kind of both blend like lo looking at cousins up and down and like there's a difference in like I was close with all of my cousins on both sides of the family. I feel like I wouldn't have to wouldn't have to change how I acted on both sides. Okay. But I do. Got it like 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 there's a dip like I okay, so that's interesting that you're you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying because the yeah. way that you talk to somebody. So the way Josh brought up that I volunteer earlier, mm -hmm. you're right. The way that I talk to the 10 year old that I'm working with is not going to be the same way that I talk to you guys. It's not the way I'm saying I'm going to talk on this podcast. No, but that doesn't mean that you can't relate to what the kid is experiencing. And there's sure. A, and there's a certain freshness like in talking to the I'm fortunate enough to have the relationship with some of these young men and women wonderful people there's something about listening to way that they describe what they do every day and it's just the way they phrase it and the way they say it it's just something that like i can't even put it into words but it just like it tinges on and maybe this is just me but it just like tinges in the back of my brain i'm like oh, i really get what that kid is saying mm -hmm. really well i think it. a lot of that is just you being very empathetic person who yeah, can nice. easily empathize with people. Sometimes too empathetic. It's, it's uh, Mitch, I, I, I get you too, because I've, I've been working my job for a very, very long time. I now work with some of the some kids that I've known who are now in, in college that I've known since they were like six. You know, like I, I've, I've, I've spent a lot of, I've seen a lot of stages of their lives. And when we get closer as they get older, because at some point, the gap between years becomes less meaningful. But there's mm -hmm. a point in time when even though, like, you know, my, my one student who I'll now, I think we're pretty friendly people. Uh, Sahan, he's in college. I've known Sahan since he was like six, right? right? At six, I love the kid. I do not relate to the kid very much because okay. he is having six-year-old problems. And I'm here to listen. And I loved him. He was so much fun as a kid. Super great guy now, too. But there is going to be a gap because he also, at that point, I can absorb what he's saying. I've been six. I don't remember everything about being six. So there's something internal about going through the age of six that will help you relate to that kid. He I, had no idea what I was doing at the age of 18. There was no the, nothing built into his hardcore DNA that was going to get him to understand 18. It was a one-way relationship. And that oh, no. cannot foster that like closeness. Okay, so I need to be careful with the way I use the word relate. Yeah. Is where I think it comes down here. Is 
I guess for me, relate is a little bit more not contingent on where I'm at in life right now. I am 27. 27-year-old is not doing the same things 13-year-olds are doing. So when I say relate, I don't mean like I'm doing, I, I relate to going to math, cl- you know, math no, class every day. No, again, <laughs> but I think, I think that is more indicative of how, how well you're able to put yourself in other people's shoes and less indicative of necessarily how close you are with that person. Yeah, and it's and it's just and it's conflating a couple different words here. Yeah, and this is not for me to get up on a pedestal about how empathetic I am because, quite frankly, it's it's just uh yeah, it's interesting that I use the word close there. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not the best word for me to to have used. I would like to think it's well. Close. No, I mean, like if if you feel closeness, yeah, I, I mean, then you're close, close yeah, right? Like I feel like close. at the end of the day, it's it's a feeling. Yeah, you, you either feel like you're close with them or you're you don't. Yeah, like, and, and I could tell you a thousand percent. That and I you do, don't. Yeah. And if you feel close with somebody, you don't need to have an explanation of why you feel close to justify the closeness. Like you just feel that way, right? I mean, so I just do you guys relate to having to feel like you need to justify everything that you're doing? Uh, <laughs> that's my one meta question of the episode. Sort of, sort of. I now that we're on the topic of it, though, you do it too much. You do it Stop too much. Stop it! Don't turn this on me and you <laughs> answer the question. Um, I don't feel the need to justify every action I'm doing, but I definitely try to justify every emotion I'm feeling, or try to understand. I should say. Justifying and understanding are two are very, different things. Two yeah. very no, different. I know, but I, that's what I'm saying is I, yeah. I don't want to justify my emotions. I want to understand them. My yeah. actions, I oftentimes don't need to justify because if I'm getting water, it's because I'm thirsty. There's no need to justify that. Um, it's, that it's, would be it's, a justification. It's on its face. Then. It, that, no, that but I'm saying, I, you know, some things don't need the justification. You don't need to take the step. To even say I am getting water because I'm thirsty, that is an that is a given. Yeah, okay, okay. That's an that's like a need though. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying though. I, I but that's an saying. action. That's what I'm saying is the difference okay, between I was, physical I was action thinking, versus emotion. I was talking a little bit more, you know, a little deeper than that. Yeah, a little deeper. <laughs> I'm not like saying Josh wakes up every morning and goes, hmm, "It's time for me to use the restroom." Do, should I use the restroom or should I not use the restroom? <laughs> Let me justify the use of this restroom. No, I, I was thinking. But no, that's I'm, I'm. I know I'm drawing the line between justify versus understand. I don't want to justify any of my internal beings or thoughts or emotions because that means I'm conforming something to them. I'd rather understand them, know them for what they are, and how you arrive at that point. So that's that's kind of okay. So I see the distinction that you're making there. It's like if you have something that's truly and deeply something that you just feel but that okay so that's an a feeling though i'm saying action wise yeah, no, that's what i'm I, saying you have, to, you have to define to me what what action is because i don't get it I, I don't get it um do i mean specifically action in thought or do i mean action in do that is that what the distinction you're asking me to make right isn't thinking and doing well again it's uh, i think it's that difference between physical and internal so is that the boundary then though so everything internal is just free is is no need to justify it well no i said i i I think you shouldn't justify it 
that's sometimes though i do feel like i need to justify my my thoughts why because there's a certain i maybe this is incorrect for me to assume but there's a certain agency i feel like i take over my thoughts who were you? Who were you justifying I'm them for? Some being, um, just well, whatever so- it is. Just whatever it is. Well, I that's feel like. I, well, you. I feel like like I I don't want to get too, but like, I, does that come from like a fear of being misunderstood? Interesting. Like that's that's because like because if you're having to justify like thoughts or or kind of like your thinking right that would that says to me right that that you're unsure uncomfortable with like how obvious your thinking is right like that it requires explanation right that that your or thinking or thoughts whatever is ambiguous and you need that you would need to explain them to someone whereas they don't really need that explanation well not not that's not what i'm saying but you're, you're you're taking that like and saying like well my thought pattern is or like, how I arrived at this conclusion is ambiguous and if you were okay with that you still wouldn't you wouldn't feel the need to justify them but you're not okay with it because you're afraid someone will misinterpret your thinking or will come to the wrong conclusion and you know about- why I think have I have such a fear of that is because of how susceptible I am to doing to that doing very, that. very thing I think, and I think that's an okay thing because I think we're all fallible that way. Sure. And I don't think anybody's wrong for misunderstanding yeah. somebody else. And that's, I, so to your point, it's interesting when you said, because you feel like your need to justify come from fear of not being misunderstood. Fear of, 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 being, being, misunderstood. of being misunderstood. Thank yeah. you. And to a point, yeah, I, I think it is. Because I think, because I think it's totally, I think, I, I like, I think most people, uh, have the ability right to justify their thinking right or, or kind of explain to you how they arrived at a certain conclusion but i think when you start feeling like the the impulse you know so to speak to to, to do that like without being prompted without like someone asking you well how did you come up with that um is where like it becomes unnecessary or where it becomes yeah, like right. you know what i mean yeah, I understand that. But then the only rebuttal to that was one, if you let that bog you down like from like mm-hmm. getting up every morning mm-hmm. and like going out and existing in the world, that's one one using that kind of like line of thought to try to refine your point of view and like refine what you're saying to other people. I think it's the best way and maybe that's maybe that's why I'm so empathetic. Because I constantly feel like I'm being misunderstood, mm-hmm. so I'm constantly trying to look at the way that people are perceiving me. Yeah, which is always making me try to. So, my, my I mean, it's. I think it's them. like it, it's going to sound like a little cliche, but it's about balance, right? Like yeah. it's about like if if going through life, right, and feeling like you need to justify your actions and thoughts enables you to be a better person and doesn't get in the way of you living your life mm-hmm. you're not doing anything wrong no but as soon as it starts getting in the way of you enjoying life or you being able to do whatever it is that you're trying to do then that's where it becomes right. a problem yes oh you know? yeah that's, so it's great that's really good stuff 
like yeah really really good stuff all right so i'm done with the meta talk i think that this thanksgiving conversation is really spun out to some really really cool spirals yeah, we uh, really enjoyed that um listeners if you've taken us taken a ride with us in this crazy conversation we appreciate you for the ride because i don't know how we started talking about any sure um yeah, uh, you know what? Let's let's loop this back in, and uh, let me let me uh, ask you guys a closing thought um, to tie this back to to Thanksgiving in some type of way. What are you hoping to get out of Thanksgiving this year? Aside from some free food, um, leftovers. <laughs> uh, you know, I I don't have high expectations. Honestly, I'm just looking forward to just a. Uh, day with my family i was just hanging out seeing my dog just not having anything else to worry about like you know what i mean just on a day you know here looking forward to family food you know sitting down relaxing. obviously in these unprecedented times that we are in um super thankful that i'm you know able to see my family and like you know that we have the means to get together and, and all of that and and that's something that I don't want to take for granted. Um, but you, Josh, what are what are you looking forward to this this Thanksgiving? Ah, uh, well, I'm looking forward to the full day of cooking. I I really enjoy cooking, and there's no steak since I'm not cooking for anybody. So that that's there's that. I'm also looking forward to, in more of a curiosity sense, uh, observing the holiday familyless for the first time since I'm not seeing my family, and just seeing how that changes. The tone, the appreciation, the observation, all the other things around the holiday that isn't food. Since, Because I am always surrounded by my family, the food is usually the thing that actually changes or varies to some degree. So, yeah, yeah probably that. But. It definitely sounds like your, your Thanksgiving is going to be the most different, right, this year versus, versus last. Oh, yeah, totally different world. But uh, nonetheless, I'm uh, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be a great day. I'm just hoping for everybody that they had a great Thanksgiving when that comes around. Everybody's alive, healthy, and well, and keeps fighting a good fight. Yeah. And so, if you've made it this far, um, you know, I just we just want to say uh, happy belated Thanksgiving from all of us here at You Can't Be Serious. Josh, why don't you take us out of here? Sure thing. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at YCBSPod at, um, on Twitter, YCBSPod. And if you want to uh, write to us, give any thoughts on this episode, topics for future episode, anything, you can do so at YCBSPod at gmail.com. And uh, until next week, y'all have a good one. Take care.